Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome to In the Psychic Flow this evening. So nice of you to join us on this beautiful evening here in May. I hope you all had a great Mother's Day. Uh, we have a wonderful guest tonight that's going to pop in a couple of minutes late because he's doing a previous show. So in the meantime, oh, there he is, and we'll bring him in in a minute. I just wanted to remind you that we are on several audio platforms, so you can listen to us while you're driving home or while you're cooking dinner. If you are watching us if on Rumble, please uh, give us a Rumble. That would be great. And you can make a contribution to the show through Venmo if you care to. You are not obligated to do that by any stretch. My Venmo is carolann-carry. My website is carolanncarry.com. And on YouTube, you can do a uh, super sticker if you'd like to contribute to the show. You're under no obligation. All of the show hosts appreciate it. It goes towards their production of the show. So without further ado, I have this wonderful guest this evening, Mr. Mark Anthony. Mark, hi. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Carolyn. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me on your show again. And so I always loved uh, hanging out with you. Oh, thank you. You're such a gentleman and a scholar. Just love you. Um, I caught last week's show, The Psychic and the Doc, with Rocky Trainer on there yeah. as your co-host. That was fabulous. Yeah, Dr. Pat wasn't available, and so Rocky co-hosted. And actually, we just wrapped the psychic in the doc, so I went right from that to this. So um, I really appreciate your your audience um, um, tuning in. Well, that's great. I watched a few minutes. That was about you had um, Dr. Pat uh, Basili. It's is spelled as uh, pronounced right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
She was back, and you had two gentlemen talking about hauntings. Yeah, they're um, two of the guys from uh, Ghost Hunters, and okay. uh, yeah, and uh, it was interesting hearing hearing their thoughts. And what I liked about them is they take a scientific approach to to paranormal investigations as opposed mm-hmm. to jumping to the conclusion that everything's a demon, you know. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Very interesting. That's a great show, The Psychic and the Doc. That's on. Thursday, specific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Uh, Mark is on there with Dr. Pat Baselli, and you might want to check that out. They do have live, it's a live show, and they have call-ins. You have questions. I don't know if they do that every week, but you can catch Mark every week on there. Also, uh, Mark also has a spirit communication circle, May 28th. 27th and 28th. And uh, yeah, if people go to my website, afterlifefrequency.com and go to the calendar of events. Um, I've got two online spirit communication events coming up, um, which, uh, you know, we call them a light circle, which, uh, you know, spirit circle. It's, it's the same thing where um, and because there's six people, everybody is guaranteed a connection with their loved ones in spirit. And uh, so I've got that coming up and. Well, I've got so many events. Um, you know, tomorrow is Friday the 13th, and I wrote an article for Best Holistic Life magazine. I'm a, a regular columnist, and the title of the article is, is Friday the 13th, Your Lucky Day. And I explained about where did the, uh, did the, negative reputation the fear of friday the 13th frigatrisca decaphobia that's the technical term for fear of friday the 13th and you could subscribe online uh to you know get a free subscription online at bestholisticlife.com um so i'm not going to tell you you got to read it at bestholisticlife.com and uh, but i got a lot of events coming up and i do invite everyone to visit my website afterlifefrequency.com Please sign up for for the newsletter. And uh, so, so Carol Ann, um, what do you got going on? You got a lot of stuff happening. Well, uh, I got a lovely award from my producer, which um, is beautiful. I didn't bring it out, but I have a beautiful, it's like a crystal ball, but it's blue. And that was for being with Goldilocks for three years. And I really appreciate that. It was very, very nice. And uh, we have some exciting shows coming up, some exciting guests. We have a spirit communication or a spirit message circle, we call it, this Saturday evening at 8 p.m. here on Goldilocks Productions. And uh, people enjoy that. So that's about what I'm doing, growing lemons, basil, uh, trying to keep my dogs out of trouble, <laughs> and uh, trying to redo my house. And none of, and it's all, and doing readings, and it's kind of, you know, a glob. But that's retirement, and I love it. So this is pretty good. Uh, I'm very happy about that. Now, let me let me tell our audience who may not be familiar with you, uh, you are very well-known psychic medium, probably re- world-known, I would say, around the world now, yeah. if not before. Psychic medium, and you studied at Oxford. You are a lawyer. Are you a judge now, too? No, no. Um, uh, it's funny because a lot of people have always asked me to to run for judge. But the thing is, um, um, I am an, I'm an attorney and I'm licensed to practice law before the United States Supreme Court, before the Washington, D.C. bar and the Florida bar. And I've tried at least 100 jury trials, probably a, a lot more than that. 
Um, and uh, I've done everything from Marine Patrol violations to premeditated murders, complex civil litigation. And it got to the point where I had to, um, and I'll be happy to tell you, tell you why I stopped practicing law, um, is, you know, I was born a medium and my parents had mediumistic abilities as well. And wow. so it's always been part of my life, part of my skill set. And I had a reputation in the practice of law as being, I don't want to say weird, but a little bit different, um, yeah. particularly during jury selection. You know, that's the, the part of the, the trial before we start taking evidence, because I'd have insights on the particular jurors that, you know, that go be, you know, beyond just the, you know, what they look like and, you know, do they look, you know, what their profession was. And, um, I was, I was very close to my, to my parents. Um, I'm very fortunate. I had a great relationship with my mother and father. My dad was a Navy SEAL and a wow. NASA engineer and a medium. And wow. my, my mother was a commercial illustrator and an artist. And, and they were, you know, she was a medium as well, but they didn't do it professionally. It was just something that they did. And my mother died um, abruptly. Um, about back in 2006. And what's really interesting, Carol Ann, is I was at my law office and I didn't live that far from my parents. It was one of those days and I, I, you know, I, I didn't have that busy a schedule and I kept thinking about spaghetti. Okay. Now I'm of Italian descent and we think about spaghetti a lot, you know, <laughs> but I was really thinking about it. And I picked up the phone and I called my mother. And she said, hey, honey, I just made spaghetti for lunch. Why don't you come over? And so I was like, oh, that's great. You know, so I went over and I had lunch with my parents and and uh, we had spaghetti. And when I was leaving, um, I noticed mom looked tired and she hugged me and she says, I love you so much. She goes, I'm so glad that that you're my son. She goes, and I love your brother and sister. She goes, I have just the most wonderful kids and I hugged and kissed her. And I said, I love you too, mom. And the next morning I was in court and the judge's assistant came out and she said, Mark, you need to get in chambers right now. And I walked in and she, 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 she pointed at the phone and I knew this was going to be bad. And I picked it up and it was my secretary. And she said, Mark, your mother just died. Uh. And, and I was crushed and, and, the way she said goodbye to me the next day, mom knew. She knew her body was winding down and she wanted to make sure. And what's funny is I found out later that day, she called both my brother and my sister and had really wow. wonderful conversations with her. So about two weeks later, um, Carol Ann, um, I was driving back from court. Now, I was a senior partner of a law firm, okay? And... For, for everyone who has lost a loved one, and I, I would imagine that's probably most, if not all, of your audience. That's why a lot of people yes. are interested in, in what we do as mediums and mediumistic contact. And But we're not immune from grief, okay? Right. Yeah, you know, people think, oh, you're a medium, it bounces off. It's like, no, it doesn't. You know, it's, it's mom, you know? And, and so I'm driving back from court, and one of those waves of grief hit me. So I thought I, I better pull over. I can't I can't drive to my office. I can't walk in, you know, crying or fighting tears. So I pulled off in the strip mall and I, and I was just sitting there 
I figured, let me get my uh, composure back. And all of a sudden, it's like flash of light goes off in my head or in my car. I, I, I mean, it was like this, this flash of light. And I instinctively immediately turned to the passenger side. And I saw my mom's silhouette wow. in the silver white light. Beautiful. And, and her voice fills my head. And she says, Mark, you've been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief. But now you must help those who are suffering with theirs. Your life's mission is to help people understand that God exists, heaven exists, our soul is an immortal living spirit. You can communicate with souls and we'll be reunited when it is your time to leave this world in the light. And I just sank back into my chair and I mean, into the seat in the car and Caroline, I was like soaking wet. I mean, I just like broke out in this sweat and I'm sitting there going, okay. Uh, I mean, you know, talk about an aha moment, you know, um, you know, you hear about spiritually transformative experiences and, oh, it's a subtle, no, mine was like a fire hose right in the face. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting there and it's like, oh my gosh. And within a year of that, I was not only out of the practice of law, but, um, um, my first book was, was, uh, coming out and, um, I was actually lecturing at Harvard on afterlife and spirit communication. So um, it was rather an abrupt shift, but it was the right time. And, and the reason that, that I say that is because so many people want to know what is my purpose in life? You know, what, not, not mine, but, but, you know, what is everyone's purpose, yeah. our purpose in life? It will be revealed to you. It may not be the fire hose in the face. But if you listen and are aware, you'll be guided in the right direction. And, and what people need to understand about messages from, from spirits, from, from the divine, is that messages from the divine are always about love, healing, peace, resolution, protection. Mm-hmm. They're never about anger, bigotry, hatred, and violence. Right. They don't tell you, you have a soul contract with this person, stalk them because you love them. You know, it doesn't, that's none of that. It's none mm-hmm. of, I'll put on a bomb vest and go blow up an airport. It's no, I'm going to start an insurrection. It's none of that. Okay. Right. Peace, love, understanding. And when your path it points you in that direction, that's your life purpose. You, uh, in your latest book, now your first two books, uh, Never Letting Go was the first one. Right. Evidence of Eternity was the second one. Both excellent. Mark has a, a wonderful ability of bringing his experiences and the people that he has reunited with people in spirit. Uh, you have a, a, a way of explaining things and teaching and bringing it to people so they can understand. I think that's beautiful. Uh, just as you did with the story about your mom and your latest book, which is the afterlife. It's, it's the frequency. Afterlife frequency. Right. Well, I just happen to have a copy of it right here. And, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm it, in my office on my desk, but yeah. The it's an excellent frequency. book. Very well reviewed. And uh, you have a foreword by a gentleman that wrote also about this. Yeah. Uh, Gary Swartz. Is that how you say his name? Gary Dr. Schwartz. Gary Schwartz. Yeah, he's the head of parapsychology, psychology, physics, and surgery at the University of Arizona. 
And he's the world's foremost expert on studying survival of consciousness and examining mediums. And, And what's really cool about Gary is he's actually working on a project known as the Soul Phone, which is communication technology to not only detect the presence of spirits, but communicate with them. And I've been in his laboratory and I've seen seen it. And unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to yeah. discuss it because I'm on the board of directors of the Soul Phone Project. And uh, but let me tell you, within our life, when I say within our lifetime, that sounds within years. I'd say within the next couple years, there is going to be a device that will be communicating with spirits. Now, it may start off kind of like Morse code, like you know, with getting messages. But based on what I saw, I think it's going to be quite a bit more sophisticated than that. That's amazing. Amazing. So he wrote a a brilliant foreword to your book. And there's what I love about it. You've got you're blending the science and the faith, which is so necessary. Everything that you wrote about in your new your latest book is so necessary for people, uh, just everyday people that are curious about spirit communication, you talk about, you have a technique that you share how to validate the communication that you're receiving, yes. the things to look for. I mean, that's that's really, because people ask all the time, I think this was my mom. I think this was my dad. This way, you're really confirming and validating that for yourself. So you don't think that you're making it up, you know, because many times right. spirit visits us and we don't recognize Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's a technique that I'm introducing in the afterlife frequency known as the raft technique, Mm R-A-F-T. Recognize the presence of spirits, accept the contact is real, feel it without overthinking it and then trusting the message. It's the third one, feeling without overthinking where people really torpedo, torpedo things. Because right. something will come through and they go, oh, that, that I think that's my son. Well, it couldn't be. It's my imagination. It's grief-induced hallucination. Oh, it's probably because, you know, people start, start. Um, I call it, they cross-examine the experience. It's like being in court, you know, and you got a lawyer yeah. like, okay, so you would have us believe. You know, when you start doing that to your spiritual experiences, then you're going to block it and lose, lose, um um, the beautiful messages because they do they do transmit messages to us. They do reach out to us, and that's why. Um, can, do you mind if I, I tell tell your listeners how I developed the raft technique? Go ahead. So I was here in my office and I was working on the book, and I, I was trying to figure out well, how do you explain to people who are not necessarily mediums how to have a spiritual experience, how to get the benefit of a message transmitted from a spirit. Writer's block, banging my head against the wall, nothing. So I I know better when, you know, when that happens, walk away. So I thought I'd go for a walk on the beach. I live near the ocean. So I'm walking down my driveway and I'm headed toward the ocean and cold chills and tingles start coming over me. And I'm like, okay, I know that that's electromagnetic activity, which means spirits. And I immediately felt guided in another direction to take a walk on this bike path. So I'm walking on this bike path. It's around midday. And I see these two bright objects shining on the bike path. And I'm like, okay. I walk up and it's a nickel and a penny. And so I bend over to pick them up and I hear my mom's voice. You know, both my parents have passed at at this point. And mom, 
you know, and, and we're Italian, you know, so there is a superstition for all occasions. And I hear her voice saying, if it's heads down, it's bad luck. You know, but, you know, and then I hear my dad's voice. It's money. Grab it. And so I'm <laughs> laughing. I'm laughing, you know, and I pick up this nickel and penny and I'm looking like, oh, six cents. And I go, six, six cents. cents. And I'm like, okay, okay, mom, dad, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? And all of a sudden the cold chills and tingles intensified. And I got this vision of my father, the Navy SEAL, standing in the ocean up to his waist, holding up this blue canvas raft that he had when we were kids. He used to, you know, you know, ride waves on it and all that. And I go, raft. And then I hear my parents say, recognize signs from spirits, accept them as real, feel it without overthinking, trust the message. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. And so I ran back and the words just came out. So uh, I I was wanting to to figure out how to explain this. And I was putting the message out there. My parents saw that I was having difficulty and they said, okay. Yeah. And so they walked me through it. Um, I felt the chills and tingles. I felt guided in a different direction than I was going. I saw the coins. Okay. I heard their voices. So I recognized um, the, the signs from the spirit. I accepted it as real. And I felt it without overthinking it. Because at the coins, I could have said, oh, this is just a coincidence. It's just a nickel and a penny. I'm reading into this. And see, right there, it would have dead-ended the, right. the contact. But I felt it without overthinking it. And then I trusted the message. And, and the trusting the message goes back to what I was saying earlier about messages from spirits. They're always about love, healing, and resolution. Because, you know, we get people, you know, that terrorists that put on bomb that say, you know, oh, the spirit is telling me, you know, to go blow people up. It's like, no, no. Mm -hmm. God doesn't tell you to kill people. You know, right. I like what's going on in Ukraine. It disgusts me to see that the head of the Russian Orthodox Church, the guy that looks like, you know, Santa Claus on crystal meth, uh, that's, uh, you know, Putin's religious advisor, has declared this a, <laughs> a holy war. Oh, boy. Really? So a religious leader is saying that butchering the Ukrainian people, invading a peaceful, sovereign state, is a holy mission. And all I can do is think of what Mother Teresa said. How can any war be holy? Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's the difference. When you receive a message from the divine from spirits, it's never about anger, bigotry, hatred, or violence. Right. Exactly. Thank you for talking about that. Uh, also, you mentioned in your book, that's a great technique. You give comfort to those who uh, have lost people in terrible circumstances, homicide, suicide. Uh, that's I don't think that's addressed enough. There's more of it than we realize. Yeah. And uh, I think that is beautifully done. Everything that you do, Mark, is really, it's not just scientific and faith-based, but you have, um, you sh share your own emotion with that. I love how you shared that you too doubted, right? You too doubted. Could this be my parents? Like, what are you trying to tell me? You know, like <laughs> we all do that. We all, we well, know yeah. that, but we do it. Of course, we all do it. We all do it because there's always that that sense of of 
disbelief, of wonder, of questioning, you know, am, am I wanting this to happen so much? And one of the, the concepts I talk about in the book, I introduce several concepts. One is the no, no, no syndrome. And, and every medium, and I know you know exactly what this is, doing a reading for somebody, does this make sense? No. Does this make, no, 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 no. And they start shooting everything down. Okay. Yeah. And I tell people, don't do that. If it doesn't make sense, it's better to say, I'm not sure. Let me think about it. Right. Or I don't know just yet. Because no, 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 no creates a barrier, an energetic barrier. Everything's about frequency and energy. And you're slamming the door in their face. And you've got to keep that door open. Also, a lot of the things that happen during a reading are not going to be immediately apparent. It's going to take time to think about it after the fact. Um like I, I was doing a reading for for this couple. Um, it was a phone reading. They were from Bangladesh, and um, they were both scientists. And they said that um, they said half of our family are scientists who think that what we're doing is is superstitious nonsense. The other half of our family are conservative Muslims who think we're devil worshiping. You know, <laughs> they said, but but we've lost a child. And uh, they lost um, a really wonderful daughter. She was just amazing. And her spirit came through. And all of a sudden, I get octopus. I'm like, octopus, okay? It's not something I get very often, octopus. And the mother was like, well, I think she liked, uh, she tried octopus once and she liked it, but I'm not sure what that means. I said, well, don't worry about it. Just jot it down. Don't strain and struggle trying to figure it out. Well, a couple days later, they sent me an email with a picture um, they told their other daughter, you know, the daughter who's, who's here in this world, uh, what had happened. And, and she said, oh, my God. And she sent her parents screenshots of the texts that she had with, uh, with um, her sister. As her sister was dying in the hospital, um, she went and they watched that Netflix movie, My Octopus Teacher, together. It's about this octopus and her sister texted her how much she enjoyed spending the time with her to see that about the octopus. And then the next day, her sister passed. Okay. Wow. You know, now, you know, when people say things like, oh, you know, you're cold reading and all this is a grilly, I'm going to fling out an octopus hoping to get a hit. I mean, how many people have an octopus story? I mean, seriously. You know? mm-hmm. If we don't recognize uh, during a reading, sometimes it's people are amped up or they're nervous about receiving the messages that uh, they're kind of shutting the door before you even get started, you know? Exactly. Or there's the people that until I hear the secret word, none of this is real. Okay, so you'll give them 50, five, zero pieces of evidence right on point, which they acknowledge and confirm but until they hear the secret code word, you know, like I had this one lady one time, well, until I hear the one thing, you know, my son has to show me, I go, well, I'm getting something about birds. No, no. Uh, he needed to show me a feather. I go, well, what are birds covered with? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, people sometimes they, they, they engage, they, they limit. Well, it's the RAFT. They're getting to the feel without overthinking. And so that's where they, they block that. And the raft technique applies not just to uh, readings through a medium or, you know, direct visitations, but let's say that you have a dream where you know that it's contact or you have a near death experience 
or deathbed vision. You know, a big a big um, field now in in near death experience research. And I'm an NDE or uh, I've had a near death experience, and I'm a near death experience researcher. Is what's called the shared death experience, and this phenomenon has been reported for centuries. And a lot of people have been very reluctant to admit it, but in recent years, it's becoming much more prevalent and above board. And so what happens is, say somebody you love is dying, okay, they're in the process of transitioning, and people in close proximity, could be family members, close friends, hospice workers, other healthcare workers, all of a sudden they start seeing spirits. And none of these people are mediums. And when the person is dying, just before or as they're dying, the bystanders get caught up in the life review of that person, the proverbial, my life flashed before my eyes. On point of death, they may see like a flash of light. Um, they may feel a little bit um, dizzy, like they're being lifted up off their feet. What's happening is their brainwave frequencies are interfacing with the heightened frequency of a person whose soul what I term the electromagnetic soul is leaving their body and transitioning to a higher frequency. So Mm. people in close proximity start picking up on this. And this is very heavily documented um, all over the world. And this is now what we're calling a shared death experience because people who are not in imminent threat or danger of dying are experiencing what the person dying is in their last moments of life. And it's, and uh, I've been at a couple different bedsides of people who've been passing and I've picked up on it. I know, but I'm a medium, but, but people that were there who were not mediums also said, Oh my God, I just saw aunt Dottie. I remember someone going, I just saw aunt Dottie, you know, and aunt Dottie was uh, the woman who was dying sister-in-law, you know, and who died like 20 years before this. So um, so that is is a, a, a an affirmation that life yeah. exists beyond the physical. That's amazing. It's a, all of your books are amazing. Highly recommend them. Uh, Amazon, or you can go to uh, theafterlifefrequency.com. Uh, also on Facebook, you can find Mark Anthony uh, JD Psychic Explorer, right? Yes. And the psychic lawyer. Um, what would be the best advice uh, for those who have lost through unusual circumstances, suicide? Um, I always feel those are harder to deal yeah. with or murder. Yeah. What what in in your book deals with that? What's the advice in your book? How can well, we reassure people? Oh, there's there, there's a lot on those particular topics. So in all my books, I write about them. Um, but in in the afterlife frequency, I went very heavily into into murder and into suicide. Um, coping with loss, there's no one way to do it. Right. It needs to be a cross disciplinary approach. You know, if you're a member of a faith community and you find that, you know, your faith is going to give you sustenance uh, to carry you through, then by all means do that. Um, I highly recommend support groups. There are support groups for people who've lost loved ones through suicide. Helping Parents Heal is a wonderful organization. 
Um, and helping parents heal also embraces mediumship as part of the healing component of, of, of uh, getting through grief. Um, in fact, I'm going to be their keynote speaker at their annual convention in August in Phoenix. And I'm going to, yeah, and my topic um, is the healing power of interdimensional communication. In other words, mediumship. And um, I'm going to, you know, introduce and and explain my theories and the RAF technique uh, to people. But for people who've lost loved ones from really horrific, I mean, first off, every loss is terrible. Right. But when your loved one um, dies by, by suicide, that leaves so much guilt and and uh, unanswered questions and unresolved issues. Uh, when a loved one is murdered, um, yeah. it, it's so it, uh, there, it just is so infuriating, and and, yes. and you, you can't possibly be more angry, you know, that that somebody could do this. So I highly recommend people turn to their faith community. They turn to counseling. They seek out other, you know, support groups to do this. And then when you're ready, you may want to consider mediumship, you know, uh, seeing someone like Carol Ann or myself to facilitate a connection between you and your loved ones. And I always recommend, and I think you do too, Carol Ann, um, that they don't try to get a reading right away. Right. Um, wait four to six months after the passing. And people say, but I want it right now. I want it right now. Okay. If you go for the reading right after someone died and you're hysterical, yeah, you're crying or you're so angry or, or your mind is just so distracted and overcome with grief, what are you going to get out of the reading? Okay. Because during a reading, you have to pay attention you have to be able to connect the dots. When when we start giving you evidence, you need to be able to verify it. And I'm not uh, downplaying or insulting anyone. There is a time and a place for the spirit communication. Initially, you're going to experience the shock of the death. See, there's right. there's um, different phases, um, stages of grief, but there's two phases. There's shock, which is lasts a couple of weeks. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this happened. Then the shock fades and then the trauma sets in. And then it's like, you know, it happened and the anger and the the frustration and the devastation. And so you have to get to the point where your emotions begin to stabilize. And then you're going to get the most out of a reading. So that's why we recommend you wait four to six months so that the recipient, you know, the, the client who's coming for the reading is going to be able to understand the messages and get the most out of it. You know, one thing that I have found from doing, uh, from experience, from doing them too early, let's say, um, not that they don't come through, they do come through. Yeah, they do come through, yeah. But I find that people don't understand that the departed are in a different space. They've made a transition. And those are the only people, dead people that I speak to, that yeah. have had a life review, that are working on progress on the other side. You know, I don't do that much paranormal because um, I feel I learn more from the departed that have, have made a life review here, have gone through a life review, and they have something to teach us. So to me, sometimes the people I'm reading for don't recognize that spirit has changed. They have a different outlook. 
on things. Have you found that? Like as for suicide, they will say sometimes they'll dance around in front of me, like not admitting it was suicide for a few well, minutes. And then, well, you know, you know, what happens is uh, people expect their loved one in spirit to be exactly right like they were before they died. And they are, but they're not. And let me explain right. what I mean by that. When a spirit comes through. Yes, please. Um, they like when I get a spirit, first I get the gender. Then I get an idea of their connection to you. Like, you know, I get like uh, could be uh, uh, this generation, your generation or the generation above it. Or if it's a child generation below you. And then they start transmitting to me um, how they died. I'll feel it and I'll see things, hear things, feel things, and they'll transmit things, you know, that, that I know, or I mean, not that I know, but that, that uh, I'll hear things, see things, hear things, feel things, and know things that I have no basis or reason to know. Okay. okay. It, because it's coming from the spirit and they include their personality traits and how they died. So I'll say, okay, somebody's coming through and I'm feeling this type of death and all that. And a lot of people think, oh my God, they're like that forever. No, these are identifiers that they're transmitting to us. Because if they come through like playing a harp and like, oh, everything's beautiful, you're gonna be like, who are you? You know? Um, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and but because they have to identify who they are first. But what people right. need to realize is that spirits are pure energy. And energy doesn't get old, sick, tired, or die. And they're always happy. They're never alone because energy is interconnected um, with, with other spirits. And, and, you know, think of your soul as like a drop of water. And that drop of water is energy. And when we die, it plunges into this eternal sea of consciousness that I refer to as the collective consciousness. So spirits will show up and they always show up in groups. So other people that you know that have passed may come through with them. Um, and, and, um, one of the most important concepts that I introduce in, in the afterlife frequency is the electromagnetic soul, the EMS and scientists are adopting this, um, a number of scientists that really like that term. You see, we know from the laws of physics that everything on the subatomic level, everything's made of molecules, which are made of atoms, which are made of electrons, protons, and neutrons, which in turn are made of. Um, smaller particles, which are known as quantum, ergo quantum physics, and quantum is electromagnetic energy. So that means that, you know, this computer mouse on the subatomic level is the same electromagnetic energy that I am, that uh, the the radio waves that we're broadcasting this show uh, is, that the light that we see, so everything on the subatomic level is energy, okay? And we know that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And we know from faith, um, every great spiritual teacher teaches us that the soul, the consciousness, the spirit pre-exists the body, comes into the body, moves on after the body dies. So the who and what we are is, is housed in the brain. Okay, the brain doesn't create the soul, doesn't create consciousness. It's like a computer hard drive. And it houses this energy. And so when the brain dies, when the body dies, that electromagnetic soul then connects with the collective consciousness. And, you know, I've seen this and I've done over 15,000 readings 
connected wow. with at least a quarter million spirits. I mean, none of that sounds like a lot, wow. but you know, I mean, and and they've they reaffirmed this to me. Plus, in my study of quantum physics and consciousness, near death experiences, afterlife research, it all corroborates. It all correlates. That's why the world's top near-death experience survival of consciousness experts have endorsed this book because they say, well, this coincides with, with what our, our research is. And so people need to understand that when your loved ones and spirit come through, they are at an elevated level of consciousness. Okay. Yeah. They're happy. Mm -hmm. All right. Not that they, they died from suicide, not that you're grieving. They're happy because being pure energy they're at a much higher vibration. That being said, they are also compassionate and understanding as to what we're going through. So when you're right. grieving a loved one, they understand that. Okay. And that's, that's why they reach out to you. That's why they come to you in your dreams. That's why they, you know, mess around with your cell phone or your TV, or you catch a glimpse yeah. of them out of your peripheral vision. That's because they're around. Now, this book, your latest book, is being considered for a Pulitzer Prize? Yes, it, it was submitted for a Pulitzer. Um, uh, the, the Pulitzer winner just came out, and it was uh, some book about social justice uh, that won. But it was quite an honor to be um, informed by Columbia University that the afterlife frequency was was in the, the pool of books that they were considering for a Pulitzer Prize. Well, kudos and, for that. That's wonderful. Oh, thank Just you. To be considered, I think, as an honor. And uh, yeah, I, I was very humbling, and um, and you know, I dedicated the book to Shirley MacLaine. Uh, yes, love the her. Star. Yeah, I love her too. And and she was so kind to recommend the book in her newsletter. Um, I actually conducted a reading for Shirley MacLaine uh, wow. a few years ago. Um, boy, is that a story? Um, yeah. Do you want? <laughs> she's Should got. Uh, I'm sure she's got several friends over on the other side. That well, what happened? Well, what happened was I was on tour of Upper State New York, and I was going to be speaking at Lilydale, and uh, my manager Rocky got this phone call, and she goes, "Seriously?" She goes, "Mark Shirley McLean's assistant's on the phone." I'm like, "What? We're in this hotel in in Buffalo." And uh, she goes, she wants to interview you for her radio show, Independent Expressions. And I'm like, Shirley MacLaine? And she, I said, when? She said, now. And I'm like, now? <laughs> so as soon as she puts me on the phone, and all of a sudden, there's Shirley MacLaine on the phone. And wow. I was supposed to be on for 20 minutes, but Shirley was having fun. And she goes, do you mind, Mark, if we go longer? And it's like, well, like I'm going to say no, you know? And so... I was on the phone with her for two hours and 40 minutes. I have the full recording and they record down. Wow. It was a very good episode. And so during the conversation, um, she, Stephen Hawking uh, was still alive at the time. Okay. okay. The, the great physicist scientist. And I said something about Stephen Hawking. She goes, Oh, he's a friend of mine. I go, he is, you know? So I started, she said, well, I was in his office and this is Shirley McLean talking. And she said that behind his desk, were two pictures. One was Albert Einstein and the other was Marilyn Monroe. And I said, well, Stephen, I understand Albert Einstein, but why Marilyn? And Shirley imitates and goes, because her curves are more beautiful than a quantum singularity. <laughs> 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 so I'm laughing and I go, um, 
I said, wow. I said, hey, Shirley, did you ever meet Marilyn? She goes, Marilyn was a friend of mine. I go, she oh, was. Wow. Yeah. And and um, Shirley said that um, they were both up for the same parts. Oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah. And she said that the studios were really dirty back then. And uh, they used to play us off against one another. And, you know, Marilyn was always getting typecast as the dumb blonde. And Marilyn wasn't stupid, okay? Yeah. But then Shirley got her big break, and she got the the role in this movie called The Apartment, okay? Right. Oh, and speaking about them being played off against each other, Shirley was there. You know that that famous... when John, President John F. Kennedy, yes. uh, it was his birthday, and Marilyn came out saying that. Right. Well, what happened? Well, okay. Well, what happened was Marilyn didn't want to wear that dress, and she threw a fit. And Shirley MacLaine was there that night because Shirley was part of the Rat Pack with Frank right. Sinatra, and and Peter Lawford was JFK's brother-in-law. And one of the producers said, "Well, Shirley MacLaine's here, and she's your size; she can fit into the dress." So they would do stuff like that. Oh, and, I see. And, and, uh-huh. Okay. And they got Shirley to bring her backstage. And Marilyn says, fine, I'll do it. And so she went out and sang the happy birthday, you know, Mr. President thing. And and then right after that, Shirley McLean got the part in the movie The Apartment. And that's what made her career. It like yes. catapulted her. So Shirley said, and she's telling me all this. And we're on the air. Okay. So this is going on on the air. She said, so Marilyn shows up at the red carpet premiere wearing a full length fur coat. And it was really hot that night. And everybody was like, what's up with Marilyn? You know, and during um, the movie, sure, uh, Marilyn got up and went to the bar. I think it was like Grumman's Chinese Theater. And so Shirley runs out there to the bar and she said, Marilyn, is there a problem? OK, we're on air. And I, she said, Marilyn Monroe turned to me and opened the fur oh coat, God. and she was stark naked underneath it. And, it, wow. and Shirley McLean goes, now that I think of it, Stephen Hawking had a point. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, I go, gee, I wonder what Marilyn would think of that. And Shirley says, you're the medium. You tell me. All right. No pressure there, right? I mean, aside from the fact that she's Shirley McLean, she's also a spiritual icon. She is yes. the first major celebrity to go out with her beliefs in reincarnation and psychic yes, phenomena and all limb. this. Yeah, out on yeah, out on. She really did. The, the book was aptly named, and yes, and so I'm like, okay, calm down, and I set her in focus, and all of a sudden, I go, oh my god, Marilyn Monroe comes through. Wow, and. She said a couple things. Um, one of them, she said, thank you for not doing it. And thank you for taking the high road. And she said, I was always jealous of you because you could just, surely you could just glide through a crowd with grace and elegance. And I felt so garish and I couldn't stand the way people were always staring at me. But thank you for taking the high road and thank you for not doing it. And Shirley goes, now I know it's her. And I go, because I didn't understand. Thank you for taking right. the high road. And Shirley said, well, the, the studios played each other us off against each other. And she said that when Marilyn died, she was working on a movie that that um, and the, the studio said, well, um, Shirley, how about we just put you in the movie? We'll cut out the scenes with Marilyn and we'll just do it. 
you know, recast it with you in it. And Shirley said, I'm not going to do that to my friend. And she, she took the high road. And so then she, she corroborated that. And then another spirit came through and I said, this woman's so beautiful, got black hair and the most incredible violet eyes. And then before I could say anything, Shirley goes, Oh, Liz, she was my dearest friend. All right. And so then I realized at that moment, I am doing a reading for Shirley McLean while communicating with the spirits of Marilyn Monroe and Elizabeth Taylor. Phenomenal. Carolyn, Carolyn, I don't know if I'm ever going to top that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Fabulous. And I love the fact that you saw them as people. Uh, You didn't just go, oh, Elizabeth Taylor. You're like this beautiful woman with this dark hair. And, you know, you're looking at her as a spirit. Yeah, I was looking at her and go, God, her eye. And then I'm like, I know who this is. <laughs> uh, and, but but I have to say one thing. And and, and, and uh, she goes, well, Mark, this has been lovely. I go, Shirley, may I ask you a question? She goes, anything, dear. I said, did Carly Simon really write the song You're So Vain about your brother Warren Beatty? Oh, yeah. And Shirley said, I'll never tell. But... <laughs> That is the conventional wisdom. (laughs) So so I I feel uh, so privileged and so honored to have had that experience. And, you know, the only reason that I'm giving that type of detail on something like that is because this all happened on air. Okay, so spontaneously, yeah, worldwide, this was being broadcast. So I'm not divulging anything that that, you know, isn't already, you know, quote unquote, public record. Uh, and that was Shirley show independent expression. She's not doing that anymore. She's getting close to 90 and she's still working. And as she said, yoga, exercise, diet. And it's like, okay. And she, she's followed that for a long time. She said her health is, is she's done very, very well. A yes, remarkable she has. Gal. Yes, remarkable. She, she is a, a, a um, um, a, an absolute treasure, a national treasure. Yes, she is. Uh, I have a couple of comments I wanted to share with you. Uh, Lisa Dempsey. Hello, Lisa. Friend of my daughter's. Uh, My brother and mother used to see my father quite often. Uh, Robin is a show host here. She's Cosmic Soul Food. She said a family member, his boyfriend shot himself in the head two feet away from her. and She cannot get over that. I would imagine that's going to be very, very difficult. Um, I don't. You know, here's the thing that's you're not going to get over that. Right. Okay. And and I'm not not being flippant or dismissive when I say that. Um, It's terrible. It's terrible. I highly recommend therapy because you need to be able to talk to somebody who is trained in this, because by talking about it, you're going to going to help uh, learn to cope with it. And when something traumatic like that happens in in the afterlife frequency, I go very, very deeply into post-traumatic stress disorder. And I don't know how anyone that 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 happened to could not possibly um, suffer from PTSD. Right. But the thing is, PTSD is treatable and you can get to the point and will get to the point where you begin to to learn to live with it. And I'm not saying that it's going to be quick or easy. But you should not suffer and you should not face that 
alone. Right. And so, so for those of you who are coping with something, something that intense, seek help. You know, it's good that we live in the age that we do now, Caroline, because seeking counseling and going to a psychologist is is widely accepted. There was right. a time when, oh, you're crazy. And it's like, right. no, you're not crazy. I mean, if you have a cold, you go to the doctor, okay? If you're having stress, you need you need somebody that is going to be able to help you with this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you'll need some medications, maybe you won't, maybe you'll need talk therapy, but there's many approaches. And maybe at some point, you want to do spirit uh, communication when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Because we're not supposed to stay there. This is one thing that we know, that grief is a process, but you're not supposed to stay there. Because to me, my feeling is then you're denying your soul purpose, you know, what you're supposed to be doing. And you don't know what gifts are going to come from that experience. That's what happened to me. A lot of loss. That's why I turned to mediumship. I was very, very interested in what happens in the afterlife. That's what drove me. So now I have a sole purpose. Do I wish all those deaths hadn't happened? Yes, but it served a purpose for me. And I think that we have to be open to that. What do you think of that? I think think that you brought up a very valid point. You said that you turned to mediumship to understand this. So what happened, Carol Ann, is because of the, the trauma of these deaths, it triggered within you the spiritual quest and you begin to evolve yeah. and develop spiritually. Now, for 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 the person who, who wrote the, the comment, I think it was a Robin. Yes, Robin. Robin. We grow in response to adversity. Yes. And if everything were perfect all the time, well, what incentive would there be to get better, to be better, to evolve? You know, if everything were just wonderful, then then why would you want change? And the thing is, there's nothing we can do about the horror that has happened to us and the loss. What we can do is is work on how we react to it. And so in your case, uh, Caroline, you became more spiritual, even more compassionate, even more open-minded, and it set you on a journey. And by exploring and embracing your mediumship, you went from coping with your grief to helping countless people with theirs Mm -hmm. so so in gain there's losses and loss there is gain you know the one thing about the material world this is a very temporary state right thank you mark uh also we have um gg says thank to thank you to both of you mark Marilyn, for dedicating your gifts uh to this work and uh See, Laura Romero said, I've recently learned that grief has so many layers. Highly (laughs) recommend grief counseling. Yeah, that is very, very true. Uh, Let's see what else we have. And um, Feng Shui, my space is Marsha. I have had so many encounters and messages from my husband. It's crazy sometimes and yet so lovely of him. So I'm so glad, Marcia, that you can recognize that because a lot of people doubt themselves. You have the confidence uh, that you're sure who it is. You know, I get calls like, what do you think? Do you think this was my husband? Do you think this was my, you know, I think you need to know that. I think you need to feel that. Right, right. It, absolutely. You know, um, 
when we have our spiritual experiences, recognize, accept, feel, trust, process it. You know, I mean, I had a, a an experience where um, I was standing on a dock recently and I was thinking about my father and I was looking at the, the water and all of a sudden the, it's like the reflection of the sun changed and it like sparkled and all of a sudden I heard his voice and I felt him and it was just a few seconds and then it, and then, you know, the, the lawyer in me surfaced and was like, well, let me start cross-examining that. And then I'm like, stop that, Mark. Graph technique. It was dad. He was reaching out to me, you know, because it was like, I've never seen the water look like that, you know? And um, so, so yes, our loved ones do come to us. They, they do come to us. That's a uh, very appropriate what you just said, because uh, one of our ladies here, uh, Mo DeLive, says, I'm so excited to hear, love Carol Ann, but I'm also in the legal field and I'm very spiritual, very excited to listen to Mark. So there you go. There you go, Mo. So we have a a tendency, even Mark has a tendency to doubt what he's receiving, but I love the way that you've studied both things so deeply that you're able to blend both fields so well, even though there's a little hesitation at times, sometimes we doubt ourselves. Is this for real? I think that's only normal, though. It is. Well, you know what happens is is when people have a spiritual experience, it's happening to them. And there is a disbelief. Yes. Or you're overwhelmed. Or can this really be happening to me? And that that's where that ha- that that's where that that kicks in. In my book, Never Letting Go, there is a chapter called Doubt is Part of the Journey. You know, how can you have faith without doubt? Um, You know, Mother Teresa, and I I quote her a lot because she was just an, (laughs) she was Mother Teresa. I mean, she was like a Gandhi or a St. Francis. And the thing is, she went through years of not believing in God. Right, right. She really had a hard time with that. And a Christian friend of mine pointed out that even on the cross, according to scripture, Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the thing is, um, just because somebody has a moment of doubt, uh, okay, and I, and, I, and I know by quoting that, I'm not, not saying that, that God doesn't exist. That's not what I'm saying, because according to the scripture, that when Jesus dies, he does say, you know, into your hands, I command my spirit. You know, but the human part of him in in that scriptural um, reference was in pain and was doubting. But then the spiritual aspect of him returned. So those stories exist for a reason to help people understand that everybody has doubts. Um, Buddha went through this huge series of doubts until he went into the wilderness for the better part of 40 days and 40 nights sound familiar and and he had to go through a number of spiritual encounters and he emerged from that as the buddha and so so just because you doubt a spiritual experience don't beat yourself up but also don't pick it apart to the point where you negate it Spiritual experiences are real. They're a gift from God, and they help us understand that God exists, heaven exists, our souls are mortal, living spirit. We can communicate with souls and we'll be reunited with our loved ones in the light when it is our appointed time to leave this material world. 
Beautifully said, Mark. Please check out Mark's uh, Facebook pages, JD Psychic Explorer and the AfterlifeFrequency.com. That's uh, his website. Also check out, I love your website. Uh, just check out uh, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, has several videos on there. Very interesting how Mark works. Uh, also, it, the detail is incredible and the effect, the release that people get and the love that they feel through your readings is astonishing, Mark. I mean, not only are you technically fantastic, but you have such a, um, a feeling of warmth and delivery, a no-nonsense approach. It's not drippy. It's not flowery. It's not, oh, you know, he loves you. It's really truthful and honest, and um, I just love it. I love watching you work, and I love watching you teach. So, Well, you know, uh, uh, it's funny when you said that, um, you know, because a lot of times it's like, oh, they love you. Yeah, it, absolutely, they love you, but but they, you know, we got to get you more evidence to prove that, that that's who it is. And I appreciate you, you pointing that out. So thank um, you so much for everything. Everybody's saying great show, Carolina Mark. Thank you both so much. Anything else that we should be aware of that's coming up the afterlife frequency.com. Check it out. May yeah. 27th, May 28th spirit communication. Check out the website. And yes, and when you go to my website, I invite all of you to sign up for my newsletter. That'll keep you up to date because we got a lot of things coming up. Um, I, I wish I had more time to tell you about some of the things uh, that I got going, but uh, I guess I'll just have to come back. At some we'll point. have to have you back. And thank you for being so understanding about my cancellation. I appreciate that. My hard drive went. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I just got a new computer and I'm still uh, going through the learning curve of Windows 11. Oh, okay. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week. You're doing some mini readings. Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. Have a Thank good you. evening. All right. Good night, everyone. Share your appreciation to our show hosts by submitting a testimonial for your favorite Goldilocks Productions show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.